Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Even if Apple breaks $1 trillion, it won't stay on top forever by Zachary Carabell. Apple just became the first U.S. company to surpass $800 billion in market capitalization. Speculation quickly followed that Apple would soon become the first $1 trillion company, with a rumored $1,000 iPhone 8 coming out at year's end. The company's share price has been on a tear since the beginning of the year, and sales of the iPhone 7 have been strong in part because of safety issues surrounding rival Samsung devices. Apple retains an enviable brand image and a devoted consumer base. And yet, the shadow cast by past corporate behemoths is creeping up on Apple. As valuable as Apple is now and could still become, the company looks vulnerable to being eclipsed in the years ahead, if not threatened to its corporate core. Apple makes hardware. It manufactures a product. Yes, that oversimplifies the vast network of users connected by its software and bound by iOS. But Apple's software is hardware-dependent. It runs on Apple products. That makes Apple more like the manufacturing giants of the 20th century than like the software and digital players of the 21st. By that standard, even a trillion-dollar vote of confidence now hardly portends business immortality for Apple. Wait, what? Apple is one of the world's most dominant brands already, and its user base is expanding. More than 700 million people worldwide use iPhones, not to mention the hundreds of millions more who use Apple computers and tablets. 
While its global market share is decreasing in face of varied competitors, its overall market is still growing. But take a look at the list of Fortune 500 companies in 1955 compared to today. As of last year, only 12% of the mid-20th century list of the world's largest companies made it to the second decade of the 21st century. Of the top 20 then and now, General Motors, Exxon, and General Electric remain large and profitable. But U.S. steel is severely diminished, and armor, which made packaged meats as well as dial soap, is no more. It gets worse from there. Chrysler and GM are still major companies, but they've flirted with bankruptcy and liquidation. General Electric and IBM have managed to transform themselves many times over, and they continue to exist today only because they bear scant relation to what they were and what they sold 50 years ago. How Apple will transform itself in the coming years isn't clear, and the company is doing little to lay out an effective vision of its future. One lesson here, one that we humans seem to learn and then forget with numbing regularity, is that tenure at the top can be remarkably short-lived. Magazine covers lauding success and power in the present have a way of seeming quaint and dated within a very short time frame, much as magazine covers themselves are coming to seem quaint and dated. Size and market share for mega companies are no guarantee of future size and market share, no matter how potent the franchise or deep-seeming the moat. Moats and networks are the current buzzwords of tech success. Here, Apple looks unassailable now, but strangely defenseless going forward. It has a network of apps that work within an Apple ecosystem and users who seem not only content but enthusiastic. Google has certainly built a real rival in its Android platform, but one that works without generating direct revenue for Google. Advertising and app revenue from Android are a different story. Apple, for now, has a virtuous circle of users who pay for the hardware and then pay for services linked to its software. The world, however, is moving quickly toward a digital future where devices become commoditized. It is likely that within a decade, devices become more and more interchangeable, less expensive, more powerful. They will devolve into conduits for various software and digital services that generate the bulk of profits. Already, Apple's proprietary ecosystem is becoming less closed. A few years ago, if your family, like mine, had iPhones, Macs, and iPads, the pain of switching to Windows or Android platforms was intense. There was little compatibility, and porting was a pain. As Apple has become ever larger, it has also, bit by bit, become more open, as its customers have demanded. More applications and the data they depend on live in the cloud, and more people use a variety of devices to lead their digital lives. It isn't at all clear what Apple could do to fortify itself against these trends, or that it could find the motivation to do so. It is an insanely profitable company generating billions in cash every week. Rarely do companies with a franchise that lucrative make radical shifts. Alphabet Google is determined to find its next multi-billion dollar revenue stream to lessen its dependency on search. Microsoft has been doing the same with its reliance of Windows. 
Neither has yet to find that next unicorn, but they have the advantage of being firmly housed in the digital world and not, like Apple, tethered to making devices that are rapidly becoming generic. The companies that have survived the decades have either become shadows of their former selves, think U.S. automakers, or different companies entirely. IBM managed to shift from a maker of high-tech 20th century machines, typewriters, and computers to a seller of high-tech services and solutions, but it still had a machine franchise. It, too, is now struggling to find a next wave. GE has spun through multiple iterations, and while it isn't in any danger of going out of business, it is finding global competition and margins an ongoing struggle. What is Apple's long-term plan for itself in a world that is definitely not moving in the direction of its model? To be clear, I happen to own Apple stock personally. It's been a very good investment and one that I continue to hold. Why? Because in the next few years, it seems more likely that Apple will reach that trillion-dollar mark than flounder. The next wave of dramatic changes in how we use hardware to access software is not yet on the visible horizon, and it may be that Apple has a dramatic plan to position itself accordingly when that comes nearer. For the near future, Apple is likely to grow and stay dominant, just as Nokia did throughout the 1990s and into the early years of this century. The Nokia example should not comfort. At its peak in 2007, Nokia had 41% of the wireless handset market. Less than a decade later, Microsoft bought Nokia's handset line for a scant $7 billion and wrote the whole sale off as a loss not much later. BlackBerry, which today has exactly 0% market share, peaked at 20% in 2009. Apple has less than that now, which means it certainly has room to run. Apple also has a far more robust ecosystem than either of those two ever did. But there is a final challenge for Apple, its culture of secrecy. Tech innovation over the past few decades has in part been about the products, but also about who gets to tell the story of the future. Steve Jobs was uniquely able to weave a story of the future that revolved around Apple products, and that was part of the alchemy that made Apple an integral part of the world we inhabit now. Yet he also wanted complete control of the narrative, which meant Apple spoke with one voice, his, and then only rarely. Today, Apple is run by unquestionably competent executives. It does not, however, spin a vision of the future with Apple at the center of a new, evolving ecosystem. Yes, it is spending billions on R&D to design new products and services, but it does not offer a map of what it sees in the world ahead, largely out of fear that doing so would tip its hand to competitors. It prefers to unveil its map when it's rolling out products that utilize it, not before and not after. Apple, under CEO Tim Cook, alludes to a future of community and AI, as does every single major and minor player in Silicon Valley. That is less a map than a sensibility widely shared. No matter what the future holds, Apple has been one of the world's most important agents of change. The personal computer enabled the first wave of the 1990s tech revolution, and the iPhone triggered the next phase. 
The smartphone is a platform that has opened the digital world, and Apple will forever be linked to that evolution. But that does not mean that Apple will have anywhere near that position decades from now, or even a decade from now. To believe that Apple will dominate the landscape for years to come simply because of where it is today is to ignore how quickly things can change, how ephemeral power and dominance can be and how thoroughly unpredictable the future is and always has been. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.